laughing big heads, dreaming about a premiership cup. We love our clubs, but they never win. Two flags in 100 years. That shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Wednesday, June the 9th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, for the first time ever, maybe the first time ever in this show's history, I've done a lot of prep. What? I was sort of flicking around the internet Why last change night? this winning formula up until this point of doing... I was. I just said to you before we started, I said, I hope you're across things because it's fair to say I've got some other shit going on in my life and I haven't really been keeping up to date. I'm even like normally where I'll listen to a few podcasts during the week, keep up with the news, haven't listened to any of those. So I am coming into this episode not even adjacent to the AFL. I am, my back is against the wall on the other side of the room in relation to the AFL. So I hope for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to have a Collingwood like recovery, my back against the wall, this is going to come through to be one of the greatest podcasts we have ever done. Speaking of Collingwood, is there anything about Collingwood in the news? No, no, not much. <laughs> uh, so I, I had, I bookmarked a bunch of tabs that we're going to talk about Matt Rowe coming yeah. back, about what Carlton's going through, about St Kilda's injury crisis, might not even be able to field an entire team this week. And then this morning, we wake up to the news that Nathan Buckley has stepped down as the Collingwood coach. Uh, fair to say there's some impassioned opinions about this. Um, there's a lot to take in. I've tried to watch the press conference, but there, there's a lot going on. But you'll be pleased to know um, that the highlight Firstly, of the press can I say this? Like, particularly after that incredible victory on the weekend, Jamie Elliott back kicking six goals, you know, there was a real momentum around the idea of, no, maybe Nathan Buckley is the guy for this job, but maybe they should reappoint, uh, reappoint him for another two years. Like, you know, things are good for Bucks. And Bucks has clearly looked at that result and looked at the rest of the season and gone, this is as good as it's getting and I'm getting out on a high. It's like a comedian doing a gig at an RSL club where they're playing bingo in the corner and serving meals and they finally get a big laugh that unites the room and even though they're meant to be doing another 20 minutes, they're like, thank you very much, good night. Well, it is amazing how things coalesce with the benefit of hindsight. Like, I think it wasn't really a huge shock that Bucks was moving on. Maybe not mid-season stepping down. That seems to be the most dramatic aspect of this. But, you know, he, he seemed to leave clues. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, watching The Usual Suspects or something. Then you go back and you're like, oh, shit, right, okay. He was hinting all along that this was going to happen. I mean, there was even I mean, there's the a bunch of quotes. I mean, the big one for me was the whole, is he going to coach again, right? Like, you know, when they asked him in the press mm. conference, does he still want to coach next year? And... He did a lot of saying the words, I still want to coach next year. But in sentences where he could have easily said, I still want to coach Collingwood next year, he always just kept saying, I still want to coach next year. If at that point I was Collingwood, I would start to go, geez, my girlfriend's saying that she likes the idea of being in a relationship, but she's never really adding with me at the end of the yeah. sentence. <laughs> well, what kind of relationship? Well, it's funny yeah. you should bring up that very specific uh, a snippet because he actually addressed that. And he's not holding back. He said, look, I just said that to get you guys off my back. I mean, clearly, I think it was in Love his it. mind that, you know, he was going to go. But he's just like, yeah, I want to coach next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, I'm not going to be specific about it because I just, you know, I, I'm not going to be held to anything. I'm not going to have my feet held to the fire. And then Personally, in this, this press is conference. Why, this is why I love Bucks. Like, this is why I think Bucks is going to land on his feet. Either being the suddenly the number one media commentator in the game because, like, he would be a brilliant TV commentator. He'd be on radio as well. But if Channel 7 are looking for somebody who fits that Channel 7, like, they've got a couple of clown like uh, callers now. You know, like, if you're talking about JB, you're talking about Brian, and they seem to be going in the direction that they're going to be their guys rather than a Bruce. Like, a combo of those guys calling the football with Bucks who can play in that area but would also bring just a fierce intelligence, like a way of looking at the game that made a lot of sense. That would be – like he would walk into a media job worth almost as much as he's getting paid to coach Collingwood, I imagine, next year. Yeah, I'd have to. I mean, And it's also that – I always wonder that with coaches like a Ross Lyon or whatever who – you know, you're at the coalface for so many years, just like dealing with like the slings and the arrows and all that kind of conjecture. And then you get this cushy job where 
as Kane Corns has proved, you can literally say fucking anything and there's no accountability. Like you can make any comment you like and no one's really going to hold you to it. Well, I think Ross Lyon, though, is also such a great example because the Ross Lyon we saw as coach versus the Ross Lyon we see in the media are such two distinct personalities. Like Mm. Ross Lyon in the media is possibly my favorite media performer at the moment. Like he is so funny. He's got yeah. like such a good, yeah, you, you, yeah. Like I, he was roasting Howie on the Sunday rub the other day because Howie had played that audio of uh, Sam Mitchell coaching at Box Hill, and you know it, Howie had sort of gone, you know, like listen to this, it's remarkable, and the the like the audio is great, but it's not remarkable and the boys yeah. are giving you a bit of a hard time and then they go to Ross and Ross just in that classic Ross laconic style goes Howie I th- if you had your time again you'd probably walk back remarkable <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the thing that makes Ross I mean oh. I know we're talking about Nathan Buckley but you know like Collingwood season there's not a lot of interest in Collingwood at the moment but just on uh, Ross line he still is at that transition point where it's all a bit of a novelty like he's kind of got that, you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington kind of thing where he's commenting on the media while being a media performer. Like he has that kind of, and yeah. you just wonder if maybe three to four years he'll get, you know, he'll lose that, that, that charm. He'll become more polished or just more kind of conventional in his approach. Does it change if Ross goes back into coaching, say Ross lands at Collingwood next year, for mm-hmm. example, right? Ross Lyon ends up coaching Collingwood next year. Does he go back to, like Ross always had a sense of humor, but there was a lot of like, grumpiness and like weight that seemed to come with it so it was like sort of darker and more sardonic right does he go back to that ross immediately with the weight of having a football club on his shoulders or does he take some of the light-hearted media ross back into coaching well i think that light-hearted ross was always there it's just that we never saw it like you talk to any of those frio or st kilda players and they all have like anecdotes about Ross. I think he's always been funny, but it's whether or not he sort of comes in more like, because Ross is always kind of a bit scary, you know, like he was that kind of coach, but now he's been softened a bit by being in the media. You wonder, does he need to assert himself again to be like, I'm that guy who'll knock your block off, you know, if you're joking or you're not concentrating during drills or something like that. Who's this 3AW guy he roasted? You're brilliant, Shane. Do you remember that? It's like an iconic no. press conference moment where, that. like, it was like whatever one of the callers from Three AW who went to a press conference and basically asked if they'd come to play or something ridiculous like that, and he like absolutely dressed him down. Like, what's your name? Who are you? Like, well, you're brilliant, Shane. Like, it's <laughs> brutal. It's like one of these moments where you're just like, oh boy, does he need to get Shane? back into his first press conference and again sort of re-established. Do you go back to the guy that you've already made your bitch on your first day back in prison? Do you just like beat him up again as an example of like the old boss's back? No, because I think you've got to, he's got to, he's got to escalate. He's got to take down like a, a Robbo or someone. First press conference back. Yes. And I bring that up for a reason, uh, Will, because during this uh, very long uh, uh, Nathan Buckley press conference, uh, Robbo, delivered probably the highlight of the press conference. I couldn't find the audio of it, but I found an article about it, uh, which has just gone up on Fox footy uh, literally about 20 minutes ago. The okay, headline so just, is... Just before we get to that, I just want, like, because we're going to move on from this, but I think that it is worth revisiting and um, maybe we can find the audio and actually, like, <laughs> drop it in at the end of the episode. But uh, uh, here we go. Uh, countdown of the f- top 50 games of the past 50 years. Sometimes it's the fifth quarter that offers most. Be it a poor loss, mounting pressure, or some off-camera bad blood, some senior coaches can't hold in their frustration during a post-match press conference, letting it fester until it reaches boiling point. For many journalists, walking into a press conference with an irate coach on the way is a bit like musical chairs. You have to hope you're not the one singled out when the music stops and the coach decides to let loose. (laughs) Have you got the clip there? Uh, I will see if I can find the clip if it is here, but they've got a little um, explanation of what went on. So I'll read that out. Um, uh, Fremantle had just upset Geelong in 2013 qualifying final at Cardinia Park, arguably the greatest win in the history of the Purple Haze to that point. Frio tagger Ryan Crowley went hard at nemesis Steve Johnson 
as an intensely physical affair unfolded between the two sides across four quarters. What, with the Dockers prevailing, having knocked off the cats, uh, knocked the cats off their feet, three AW journalist Shane McGuinness asked Ross Lyon if his side made a deliberate plan to target Geelong players off the ball. Uh, so this is Ross. I'm, uh, I'm not sure what you're alluding to. Are you talking about uh, Dockers players or Geelong players? Uh, Shane says, Geelong players? We saw a few. Ross interrupts. Well, I think you're out of line. Because what I saw, I saw some uh, Dockers players going down off the ball. What? Did you have a message to your players in particular? Uh, what do you think? I don't know. You tell me. You're the coach. Oh. Well. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> like, there's been opportunities for Shane to get out of this, is what I would say. Like, yeah. Ross Ross has, like, knocked a couple back across the net short and sharp. And Shane should have just decided read we the, could read leave the tea leaves. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know. You tell me you're the coach. Well, I just think it's a silly question. We play within the rules. Another reporter begins to ask a question. Ross interrupts. What's your name? Mine? Yeah. Shane? Shane who? <laughs> like, this This is Paul Keating. I'm going to do him slowly at this point. Shane who? McGuinness. Okay. That's the best question you can come up with after two hours of footy. You're quite brilliant, Shane. Oh. Yeah. Terrific. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, Shane's still in this. Shane says, I'm just asking a question. Ross is like, just uh, go behind the goals vision and have a look and we'll see what comes out. Terrific, Shane. Yeah. Fucking master of sarcasm, Ross Lyon. <laughs> Actually, I do want to see that Ross back. I'm happy to get him out of the media. Let's get that Ross back at some press conferences. So at this uh, press conference, um, obviously uh, everyone's in hubs and uh, it was done via Zoom. I'll just read you the headline. Uh, <clears throat> this is regarding Robbo. The headline is, can we mute him? Buckley left laughing as Journo struggles to ask questions at a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have told you it was Robbo. I should have just read the headline and let you guess who are they talking about. It would have been the easiest game we've ever played on this stupid podcast. <laughs> Okay, so Melbourne's wild weather, an unfortunately poor internet connection, and a dogged reporter took over Nathan Buckley's exit press conference mm. on Wednesday morning. Herald Sun journalist, that's my uh, editorialising journalist. <laughs> say, yeah. Quotation marks. Mark, Mark Robinson was one, of many, uh, was one of many inside the Zoom call, held virtually due to Melbourne's lockdown, trying to ask the soon-to-be ex-Magpies coach questions. The problem was... Out in the deep northeast of Melbourne, a rainy day was leaving the paper's chief footy writer unable to pick his spots. With his connection cutting in and out, which will be familiar to anyone trying to work from home over the last few months, Robinson accidentally interrupted multiple other reporters. He eventually proved unable to ask a second question, leaving Buckley laughing. <laughs> Generally, these press conferences, you might get a teary coach. I'm glad that Robbo decided to help Bucks flip the script. Um, this is Robbo. Oh, jeez, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really good at this. Zoom. Uh, Bucks, can you hear me? Bad weather up here. I'm not getting. When he was saying I'm not really good at this, was he talking about Zoom or was he talking about journalism? I think he's talking about his life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really good at this. Bucks, can you hear me? Bad weather up here. I'm not getting a connection. Hello, can you hear me? Robinson oh asked God. at one Hello, stage. Grandpa. Of all the journalists to ask questions as if they're at an outpost in the oh, Antarctic, no. that has to be Robbo. <laughs> Buckley replied laughing, yes, you're coming in loud and clear. But seemingly unable to hear Buckley. <laughs> Didn't have his headphones plugged in or something, I imagine. Robinson was then heard to say, no. <laughs> Daniel, uh, Daniel Cherney, uh, they just have a little quote from him on Twitter, who's saying, what is that now? Like five interruptions? Uh... <laughs> Robbo. With the presser then moving to the next question, Buckley was seen asking someone off screen, can we mute him? <laughs> like, so not even for the room. Like, was it a bit, yeah. do you think, that when Nathan's like, can we mute him? Or was he literally just whispering to some helper, can we please mute him? 
The calamitous connection drew the attention of Brisbane great Jonathan Brown reacting to the press conference on Fox Footy. Uh, Jono says, Robbo needs to upgrade his Wi-Fi. He just couldn't get a word in, to the point where Buck said, just mute him, Brown said. He's stuck out in the woods, isn't he? And I know that uh, Brownie's just using a turn of phrase, but I also think that it's probably not the first time Mark Robinson's just woken up in the woods somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark so Robinson look- is like the portrait that Bear Grylls has in his attic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, They're look, both the drunk the sh- their own piss. That's the only thing they have in common. <laughs> <laughs> the long and the short of it is uh, Bucks has, has stepped down. It's, it was his choice. He got into a oh, another favourite of yours, old Chompers. Oh, yeah. Tried to uh, tried to get in with a bit of a uh, uh, did you push jump or were you pushed? To which Bucks just did was like, you know what, this might be my last press conference for a while. So he gave it back to Chompers with both barrels. At one point he was like, he says to Chompers something along the lines of, Look, I don't ordinarily get the chance to say this. And I was like, oh, great. Oh, this is going to be, you you're are a fucking. <laughs> and I have a list of the top five cunts in football, and you are number one, Chumper. Uh, he was actually pretty good. Like the, the, the clips and the bits I read, he, he's like, look, you know, it's been, it's been great, but this is clearly the best thing for the club is to me to leave. And uh, he's going to keep his options open. So Rob Harvey is taking over. Rob Harvey is the caretaker coach. Here's what I, sorry, just before we get to Rob Harvey, because I think this yep. is a good story. But it's interesting that Bucks came out last week and endorsed the current board. Yeah, that's in, what I was thinking. Mark like Porter. in like now that we know, because that at the time felt like no, no, he's decided I'm going to stay. We want the board to stay. We've got to get some stability here at the club, right? That's kind of felt what it felt like to me. Like yeah. he didn't need to get involved in that. It's really interesting now that we know that he was leaving as well, that he decided that he was going to stand for the new board instead of the – That's. I mean, I find that fascinating. Well, that's, the, that's what I mean about like with the benefit of hindsight. You now think about every statement or everything he said after any press conference this year and you're like, Oh, if you frame it under the idea that he's always planning to leave, maybe he thought he was going to coach the year out, but mm. then, you know, it's been such a clusterfuck. And why would he want to get sucked into this looming political battle that's going to happen at the Pies? Anyway, like, he is above all this shit. Like, Nathan Buckley has nothing to prove. Like, his record speaks for itself. He was a grand final coach only three years ago. He's a legend of the club. You don't Norm want Smith to Smith get- medalist, Brownlow medalist, captain of the club, coach of the club. Took them within a kick of winning a premiership. Like, I know that there's a element of his career that it is just like, you're like, he was an amazing player and he got so close to winning a grand final as a player and as a, a coach and he wasn't able to do two. And that's maybe a narrative. Fuck, man. Like, but for a couple of bounces one way or the other, he, you know, it's, that's not the story of his life. He is nothing no. but a success story. And like, uh, he walks away fine. Like, but I agree with what you're saying. He's like, this is going to get messier <laughs> yeah, before the the, I'm just going to get the fuck out of here and not get caught up. I don't want to get like any of this shit stuck on me. I'm just going to walk away and let it kind of quietly implode behind me. He did a, you know what Bucks did? He did a classic old Nicholas Cage tough guys don't look back at explosions like he just was like he just flicked a match over his fucking shoulder and said i'm out here dudes so the obvious uh you know question now is does he go to another club like carlton could not be worse timing for david teague they you know they were the the talk of the week you know uh, another game they should have won that they didn't win is the game plan? Have they drafted incorrectly? Have they traded incorrectly, bringing in two halfback flankers when they needed a midfielder? I feel like my prediction that Carlton were the Melbourne of this season is probably true. I think that we can now lock in that they have become that team that should have been much better than they are and are just riddled with, like, now we've got to sack the board and have an external review and all these sort of... Like, Collingwood's a whole different thing. Yeah. I think St Kilda that- is a different thing, but I think Carlton fits that sort of, why are they continually as bad as they are they should be better well i didn't realize that they've had five number one draft picks yeah. since 2005 so that's like almost every three years a number one draft pick so something is wrong <laughs> you yeah. can't build off the back of that i know cruiser was injured a lot but like what about gibbs what about murphy what about you know whoever else they got i can't think uh, you know it's, well sam walsh is turning out to be a gun but the question I'm asking of Bucks is like, do you want to go into that? Like, this is a graveyard. Dennis Pagan, 
Mick Malthouse, Brett Ratton. Like it, it's taken down some pretty big coaches. And, and one Bolton. tiny little coach. <laughs> <laughs> one little baby-sized coach. So I reckon, here's my prediction, is Bucks will take a year off football, similar to Ross Lyon. Yeah. Because why the fuck wouldn't he? Just get some distance from it. You're going to earn a massive paycheck regardless. Your legend will only grow. It's a bit like the Dermy thing. Your legend will only grow the longer you stay away from the game. And then he'll have a better sense of where Carlton are at. If Carlton don't do a long-term appointment next year, he'll have a better idea of where they're at, you know, at the end of 2022 or... You know, Hawthorne might be looking for a new coach or the Gold Coast. Mate, Brisbane. I'm still my my story is still he goes back to Brisbane. Like, like the the thing about Gill is that Gill can't coach for like another five years, <laughs> another ten years. Like, you know, he needs to. It's not it's be, not a hundred years old. Gill needs to be given the opportunity to re- re- retire with dignity and still have a few years left to mow the lawns and go to the beach. Like, I think. The game he's got to buy that. a belt for his pants. That's the first thing Gil needs to do. <laughs> exactly. So no, I think that um, I would. That's the story I would love to see in a couple of years. There's a transition at Brisbane. He does a year in the media, and then maybe goes up there as an assistant as an in a transition period from Gil. Now, uh, well, I said I had a lot of news to get through yeah. um, this weekend, so I'm just going to witch some stuff. So finally, finally, there is some rolling, uh, rowling coverage we can get to. We can finally decide where Matt's at, because it was announced this week that Raoul is poised to make his long-awaited return. This is from the AFL website. Gold Coast midfielder Matt Raoul just needs to get through Wednesday's main training session to be available for his first game in three months against Fremantle on Sunday. Raoul's inclusion would be a massive boost for the Suns after he sidelined it in round one. Saturday's match against the Dockers at Optus Stadium, the same ground the 19-year-old sustained his injury. Gold Coast football manager John Haynes said Raoul had ticked off everything in his recovery. He's highly energised. He's put in a great block of work, as we knew he would. His enthusiasm and his want to play and his love of the game is infectious. Mm. Mm. Probably poor choice of words. Yeah, in these times. Yeah. In these That's times. That's a real Queensland perspective. Uh, but the guys love having him back in the group. Um, so he's poised to come back this weekend. Now, I don't know if they won the two games I said. So what are they at now? They're at four wins. No. Okay. So they could still make finals. If they if they don't lose another game for the rest of the year and they win by significant margin and it only takes 12 wins to get you into the finals. Um, I mean, the Brownlow's here, so we've established that. It's now well, just about this can is they what, win enough well, games. Well, let's argue back from that then. Work backwards. Okay. He's going to win the Brownlow. What I would say is... He's chasing down a healthy f- field this year. I think yes. that, that, like, you know, Bontempelli, Petrarca, you know, McRae, Darcy Parrish, like a whole bunch of um, McLuggage. Like, it feels like there's a whole bunch of people who might already have a lot of votes. And you've got to assume that at least some of those people are going to get votes in the remaining rounds, right? So that means that really, with the games remaining for Matt Rowe to win the Brownlow, He's going to have to get a three or two in pretty much every game for the rest of the season, which means that Gold Coast pretty much have to win every game for the rest of the season because one can't be true without the other, I wouldn't have thought. Well, that's what I'm predicting. He's going to get eight three-vote games to uh, round the season out. And then I don't know what they'll – I don't think we made the prediction about where they'll go once they get into the finals. I mean, that seems – I don't want to be, like, unrealistic, but – <clears throat> is it possible that they could win the grand final? I mean, if they win 10 in a row and Matt Rowe wins the Brownlow based on only playing half a season, I don't think we can rule out the grand final in this completely ludicrous scenario. Well, while we're on the Gold Coast, uh, Will, Tony Cochran has popped oh, yeah. up in the news this week. Uh, um, now, you made mention of the fact a few we- weeks ago uh, that uh, Gerald Healy yep. has had a bit of an, an anti-Dan Andrews bias. And I watched quite a bit of footy on the weekend, and I think that's a bit of a Fox footy thing now. There was even during the Bulldogs-Frio game, I think I heard Luke Darcy make some kind of little joke about, well, you know. firstly, I would say what happens at Fox footy, I think, would be a lot, very much influenced by Gerald. I feel like Gerald still is one of those people in the Fox footy building. Elder statesman. Legend of the game, always been respected for his opinions around football, has kind of a, like, you just kind of feel like he's a guy who knows, like, his shit and what's going on and has his life sorted in a pretty good way. So I imagine his political opinions wouldn't be presented as being out there or far-fetched. So if 
Gerald's coming in muttering about dictator Dan every day and, you know, saying that it's all a great conspiracy and Dan Andrews is in a tunnel under Melbourne and they've replaced him with a body double or whatever. Yeah, he's rolling around. I imagine that might have a trickle-down effect through Fox footy. But Luke Darcy's not Fox footy. Luke Darcy's Channel 7. He is Luke Darcy is Channel 7's Gerald, uh, I think. Well, it seems to be be across the media, and now it seems to be in the club as well. I think footy media is anti-Dan Andrews. Dan Andrews. Uh, So this is the headline. Hopeless Cochrane swipes Victorian government, says the grand final move. A grand final move is on the cards. Gold Coast chairman Tony Cochrane says the Victorian government are hopeless at managing COVID-19. And it means that it's almost probable, almost probable, the grand final will have to be played away from the MCG for the second year in a row. But the Victorian sports minister, Martin Pacula, took a swipe back at Cochrane on Sunday and stood firm, insisting at absolute confidence the game would return to the MCG this year. With Melbourne locked down, the Dreamtime match between Essendon and Richmond was played before a select crowd at Perth off to stadium, which we should get to after this as well, because that was an incredible game. Uh, the MCG is contracted to host a grand final until 2058, but Optus Stadium Chief Mike McKenna has declared that Perth would love to host the decider. Of course, why wouldn't he? Um, Okay, so uh, Pacula says he's got absolute confidence it would be there. I shall, very Pac- easy. Pacula, 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 I think. Mark Pacula. It's very easy to forget that it's only over a month ago we had the uh, 80,000 MCG for the Anzac Day clash, he said. I speak the AFL most days. The fact that the Western Australian Stadium or WA government would like the grand final is not news. It's pretty obvious they would want it. Anyone would. But the fact is, one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing, running this into the ground and snuffing it out, is there's a lot of incredibly important stuff happening in the second half of the year. Cochrane, whose, comp- whose company was involved in producing last year's Grand Final Entertainment, fueled speculation the game could be on the move when he said the prospect of the G losing the game again was on the cards. He said that Queensland should not host the game again, instead suggesting the fixture should be moved elsewhere. <coughs> this is Tony Cochrane. Given how hopeless your government are down there in Melbourne, I, th- I added the Melbourne. <laughs> Uh, compared to every other state, I'd say it's almost probable it has to be played somewhere else. So maybe it's time to share it around, he said on Sunday. I'd share it around, although certainly it's not my call. Ah. <laughs> uh, Pakula issued a retort. The way the suns are travelling, I don't think Tony needs to worry about grand finals for a while. Bang! Oh, my God. Pakula. Uh, da, da, da. So the grand final. So yeah, Pakula then finishes by saying, "Yeah, look, we're we're expect we're going to play." So how's that, Tony Cochran? Tony Cochran throwing his hat into the ring, his mad crown into the ring. I, I what I love about that is I actually I'm not anti the moving grand final. No, me either. I actually I think that last year proved that it is a pretty cool thing, and seeing like the dream time at the O game, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, I. Would you make the VFL? It's the AFL, like a Super Bowl thing, where it's like teams get to lot, states get to kind of you know compete to see who hosts. I think you'd have. I think you would have to incentivize a certain capacity at grounds. Like it might be the sort of thing where you say, "Hey, Adelaide Oval or whatever it is, next time that you're renovating, you've got to take the capacity up to." 60,000 or 65,000 or whatever, you know, because Perth seems obvious to me because you can fit enough people in that Perth stadium to make it, you know, worth a grand final. I'm not sure you still want to be playing like the grand final at Metricon or something like one year. No, I I think think you should, I think at the start, you should limit it to the big AFL Mm. states, which is Vic, South Australia and Perth. I don't know what Tasmania's capacity is for a stadium, but that would be amazing if you could host like or even like a Dreamtime game I reckon in Tasmania you just don't do it in a stadium you just play it in an oval where everybody can just like park their cars yeah park their cars you can get probably 100,000 people in parked cars I mean watching the Dreamtime game which was incredible in fact you know Melbourne were pretty impressive uh, against Brisbane and you know I watched that whole game but then watching what Richmond did against Essendon and Essendon would play a good game I mean they were in front in the last quarter but just to see Richmond flex, in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe Melbourne is slightly ahead of Richmond in terms of like defense skill yeah. level, whatever. But just having that ruthlessness and the fact that they've won so many flags and you're coming up against a team who, even though they're playing amazing now, that's going to be their downfall is that 
we haven't won one of these in 50 fucking years. And, you know, can we even win? Do we know how to win a grand final? Against the team, it's like, mate, we, we, we win grand finals when we're asleep. This is what we do for a living. A living. We are big game players. Like, yeah. And I do think there is an element of that idea that, particularly when you're in the cycle they're in, you just can't get up for every game. Like, when people are taking on the reigning premiers, every team set themselves for that game, which means when you're the reigning premiers, like you get the best of every team, you know, almost like everybody's tried to go, how can we unlock and beat this team? We're going up against the best. We're going to measure ourselves today. Like when you have been the best for as long as they can, you just can't win all the time. You just can't sustain that yeah. like momentum that, Ma that Melbourne has. But gee, I thought, cause that was one of those moments, wasn't it? Where if Essendon had like got in front and then like, done to Richmond what Richmond ended up doing to Essendon, you'd be like, ah, maybe it's over for Richmond. Maybe this is the mm. end of Richmond. But they were like, nah, I don't think it's done quite yet. And you were like, ah, oh, well, you're probably going to win the premiership. <laughs> well, I think so much of it about these teams is about the personalities of the players and that, that kind of alpha. Like I think part of St Kilda's problem is that we have a lot of good players, but we don't have a lot of like arrogant you know, um, uh, players, they're, you know, they're all kind of introverts. They're all sort of, you know, J Jack Steelish in their, their approach. It's like they just want to get the job done. But if you've got a team with Jack Revolt, Shy Bolton, Trent Cotchin, Dustin Martin, like these dudes, like they, you know, chest are puffed out and they hold their heads high and stuff. I even think like Melbourne have a few of those kind of players, but they're still very much in that mode of we're just – you know, you know, nose to the grindstone. It's not fun necessarily. Well, but also like they're still in the fake it till we make it stage, whereas yes. Richmond are in the scoreboard. We made it. Yeah, we made yeah. it. Like, yeah. we don't have arrogance. We have swagger. We have deserved yes. swagger. And then Melbourne are trying to put together a resume, which they are quickly doing, by the way, that means they can deserve the swagger. And I think they've got mm. some room to grow in that and they probably become a better team because what happens – like watching that Richmond thing is you realize that the swagger they have just infects the rest of these people who might ordinarily not be swagger players, might not have that arrogance. Like that bolter goal, like you're just like, he looked like. Well, he can kick goals too. I was like, <laughs> oh, crazy. for fuck's sake, what is going on? It was so casual. Like, I actually thought he miskicked it at first because he just sort of strolled up to the 50, didn't even really put that much oomph into it, and it just like sailed straight through the big sticks. And it's like, great. So their fullback is now just like kicking goals as well. I mean, but also even just the fact that like you're meant to not have a whole bunch of good new players. Like Bolton yeah. could be the next Dustin Martin. Like when Dustin's yeah. done and he's not done for a while yet, you've got a ready-made like – He's super – he's 22 or something, like 21, 22, and he's just like a game-changing – he's becoming Chol one of those – Bolton is putting together a resume of people of like – where you're just like, oh, you don't just take a big mark. You like do like a bunch of spectacular things and get a heap of possessions and influence – like, fuck, man, seriously. And Troll, yeah. Troll's turned yeah. into like a – A really good player. A good really good player. I know. It's annoying. I mean, I really do admire Richmond. And I just, yeah. that was a thing. Seeing those two games, the Brisbane D's game and then the, the Bombers, the, the Dreamtime game, I was like, if they're both at their best, it's the MCG, then I just can't not pick Richmond. I mean, how could you bet against them? They just, they just, they're just irresistible. Imagine if when we started this show in 2016 and I said to you, flash forward five years, A, we're still doing this show. <laughs> Miracle. <laughs> B, uh, there's been some trouble with the global pandemic, but I'll fill you in about that later. <laughs> C, who are the two most reliable, influential and feared teams currently in the AFL? If I told you they were Richmond and Melbourne, like what a yeah. amazing transformation of both of those clubs and their stories. The first thing I'd say is fucking God damn it. Of course they are. And St Kilda is still shit. Is that right? Let me guess. We didn't make finals. Great. Awesome. <laughs> so the good news is you've got this young gun called uh, Max King who's committed to a long-term project. No, don't celebrate quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Will, uh, in Trey Rusco news, oh, yeah. um, uh, one of our listeners sent us this link. I've just put it in the message, the chat window. Okay. It's uh, a link to uh, Trey's Instagram. Um, now, uh, I'll read I'll read to the listeners what the, the caption says while you have a look through some of the photos. Okay. Then maybe we can just talk about the content of the photos. So this is Trey talking about his good mate, uh, Brody Grundy. Okay. 
Just want to say congrats to the big man. Took me under his wing from the start this year and has been a big influence to me and the other boys. But you're like a brother to me and I love the banter we have. The BGMP is progressing and I think I've shown you some things on the way as well. Go watch this man kill it this week on the AFL app if you're a Telstra Mobile customer. Okay, so there's a little plug at the end. But it's a genuine, like, bromantic message to his, well, to, his to his mate. To be fair, you have not read out the best bit of it yet, which is, because I've now got this up, which is the, firstly, the double, uh, what would you call that? The double bicep flex, I guess, emoji. Yep. And then, Les, get that bread, baby, in all caps. Les, get that bread, baby. What I think he, he means drive me to the shops. You know, isn't that what Brady used to do? Yeah. Let's get, yes. get a loaf, loaf of tip top. Let's get that bread, baby. Can you drive to the shops? <laughs> All right. And so it let's is just... the most, like it, it is if some you've taken the photo that he has posted of Brody Grundy. As there, it, there's multiple. Have you scrolled through them? No, but I am literally just looking at the one that that, that caption accompanies okay, right. at the moment yeah. because that's the first one that has come up. And it is as if they were in the hot tub together and Brody said, it will be really funny if you get a photo of me at the exact moment of orgasm so I know what my cum face is. <laughs> that is both the angle and the look of this photo. It is It is a little disturbing. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, all right. So scroll through to the next one, which I couldn't work out if this is Trey or Brody. I'm assuming that's Brody. He's pulling a funny face. Yeah. Pulling a funny face. Another uh, funny face. Yeah. Another funny face. And fetus. then describe that one on the beach. Oh, hang on. So the, oh, hang on. No, the beach is not coming up for me. I can't see the beach. So it goes, oh, face, funny face, funny face. And then at the beach. No, you're going to have to de describe it. Hang on. It's not coming up. No. It's the fourth photo. You know, I understand how numbers work and photos, <laughs> but I've clicked on right. the page. It's okay. probably because I'm not it on is... my phone. I'm on my laptop and it, I, don't, I don't think it brings it all up properly. It's uh, okay. So it's Brody Grundy clearly just completed a, uh, a recovery session at the beach. He's in his black Speedos looking super buff. He has his uh, uh, towel knotted in his long hair, uh, you know, in a kind of like a, to keep his, his hair dry. And then he has what looks like a man bag uh, hoisted over one shoulder. It kind of looks like a, if it was in black and white, you'd think it was an ad for Dolce Gabbana. Right. Some kind of gender bending Dolce Gabbana kind of advertisement. If, if, that, if that man bag was a Dolce Gabbana, you'd be like, oh, this is an adventurous new campaign for them. Well, it might be based on the fact that Trey, in a uh, shout out to his best mate, Les, go get that bread baby, also included a Telstra plug. So this yeah. may well be a product placement. Um, okay, well, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, the Pocket Profile Pocket. This one's a, not a vintage one. I was searching around for some older ones, but it's a few years old. It's uh, everyone's favorite Ruckman, Max Gorn. Okay. Um, so some of these answers are going to be a little dated, yeah. but I'll, I'll, I'll give you plenty of clues. How well do you think you know Max Gorn? You like Max Gorn. I You're like a Max, Max Gorn. Gorn. I am. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I've heard him a bit on the radio. I certainly get a sense that he was like a little bit like more fun and looser in the days before the captaincy. But I did actually hear um, one of the Melbourne boys, might have been Jake Lever, but I can't remember it was, being interviewed recently where he said one of the great things about Max as a captain is that he realised the key to him being the captain was that he didn't need to become a captain. Like he could just kind of still have his personality, which I think is... Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I you know, a bit, bit offbeat. Um, that you might have been a bit looser back in the days when this was done, but uh, I, I'm not 100% sure. Well, you're 100% uh, correct. Like, he is a little offbeat. It's a lot of joke kind of answers yeah, right. then some serious answers. It's actually going to be a hard one for you to guess mm -hmm. because sometimes he's sincere and other times he's okay. very um, uh, he's very lighthearted. So, so the thing to keep in mind is this was recorded in uh, 2018. So some teammates that he refers to are no longer at the okay. club. Okay. Um, but I'll give you hints yeah. where appropriate. Some ultra confusing hints that will probably Correct. make it actually harder for you to guess in the end, in the tradition of pocket profile. Pocket. Okay, so let's learn a little bit more about Max Gorn. What's his name? Max Gorn. What's his nickname? Uh, okay, so 
Is it, is it a play on either of his names? Because they both would no. be good ones for plays on the names. You could be back Max, Max no. a million, uh, million no, dollars, a, million dollar baby, no. baby. No. No. Th- this, this, I don't know if it refers to this, but there was quite a popular fast food campaign in the 90s where the recurring character in the fast food campaign the was The Gobbledock? <laughs> yes. Max <laughs> Gobbledock Gorn. <laughs> No, more of a, a, a hot food, uh, fast food restaurant. Uh, okay, so this character was um, uh, oh, the Hamburglar. No, no, no. He even, uh, he, this, there was a campaign in which he uh, appeared with a Bulldogs legend of the 90s. Oh. Like, of the 90s, 80s and oh, 90s. Oh, God. That, that, that has made it less. If I said he was a pizza boy. Oh, Dougie. Dougie. Uh, Max right. Gorn's nickname is Dougie. It's Dougie. Okay. Do you reckon you could extrapolate from Gorn to, to Dougie? Max Gorn to Dougie? Max Dougie. <laughs> Gorn, gone, leave, leaves, trees, <laughs> trees in the ground, dig, dug, Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, close enough. Um, okay. Is he in favor of a day, twilight, or night grand final? Day. Correct. Bounce. Yes or no? Not the TV show. The uh, the actual center bounce. Bounce. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Great. Not only that, he's emphatic. Yes. Conversation done. Oh, all right. It's over. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, best shot at your club, and I'd say that's especially true this year. Uh, Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald, most underrated player at the AFL. Now, I believe you have two ex-demons running around at the Bulldogs, don't you? Um, so it's one of them. So we have two ex-demons at the Bulldogs. Um, I think you do. Is Hannon an ex-demon? I don't know. Uh, yeah, he was. He no, yeah, he played at Melbourne. He was at the Bulldogs, then he went to Melbourne, then he came back to the Bulldogs, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, no, I think, or Marty might've played VFL at the Bulldogs and right. like then got recruited okay. and they loved him at the Bulldogs. And so he came back. I think that's, that, that might be his story, but it wasn't okay, him so is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, no, it could be, or it could be another ex-demon. Ex-demon at the Bulldogs. I mean, it's probably really obvious, but I just can't. Oh shit. Sorry. He's not a demon. He's next, uh, his next lion. <laughs> well, that has Stefan Martin. Um, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> that did make it a little bit Sorry. more difficult seeing that your clue completely. <laughs> so I was like, we have another ex-demon. Like, Sorry. I mean, in my head, I'm like, am I going to be really embarrassed when Charlie reveals this, <laughs> that I can't remember this? But I'm glad. That, no, 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 no. You should always know that I've got it wrong. When it's, when it's absolutely like, uh, when you can't get near an answer, just know that just, just ask me to re-examine the question. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll correct myself. Okay. What's the best advice you've ever received? So it's a... It's a slogan that I've never heard before that sort of expresses the importance of having duality uh, in regards to football. So it's like... Oh, okay. So work hard, play hard or like... Yeah, yeah, okay. So complete this sentence. Work like a blank, play like a blank. uh, Work like a boss, play like a boss. Work... No. Work... (laughs) Uh, it has more of a seafaring uh, angle to it. Work, work, li- work like yeah. semen. <laughs> <laughs> Up the uh, the vaginal canal and create a baby, a football baby. <laughs> um, uh, captain. Yes, work like a captain. Play like a. Oh, play. Oh, okay, work like a- I get what you're saying. Like you work yeah. like a captain. You play, play like a sailor. <laughs> Close. Play like a pirate. Work like oh. a captain, play like a pirate. I reckon Mexico would have okay. been a good pirate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was uh, – okay, so his greatest footy moment before the AFL, um, he was turned down for an autograph by which goal-kicking legend? Warwick Kappa. Matthew Richardson. Oh, Richo turned him down for an autograph? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that was like when he was a little kid. That doesn't sound like Richo. It doesn't sound I've, like I've, Richo. I've never met Richo myself, but I know plenty of people who have, and they only have nothing but nice things to say about Richo. He's the Keanu I, Reeves of the AFL. I have met Richo uh, not a heap of times, but enough times to tell you that my interactions with him didn't indicate that he'd be turning around little kids for autographs. <laughs> Um, who is your least preferred teammate on road trips and why? Now, this uh, teammate is no longer at the Demons. He's in the oh, media. He's a Stephen footy uh, employee. <laughs> so No. <laughs> Jordan uh, dude Lewis. loves fashion, fashion specs. And why was he terrible on, on road trips? Kept telling me about Hawthorne Grand Premierships that he played in. <laughs> Because he has to FaceTime three kids for 30 minutes each, so that's an hour and a half without being silent. <laughs> oh, my God. Max Gorn was so scarred by Matthew Richardson. What did he do as a kid? He now has no tolerance for children. I mean, literally what he said is he's a really good father. He has three kids and he talks to each of them for half an hour each. And that fucking shitted me, the way that Jordan yeah. Lewis was a really good parent who took time for his children, even though he was away playing football. It disgusted me. It was gross. Fuck you, Jordan Lewis, and your <laughs> good parenting skills. <laughs> this is all Matthew Richardson's fault. Like, the abused becomes the abuser in this instance. Okay. Who is his funniest teammate? Um, still at okay. the club? So still at the club probably would be, you know, one of their – I mean, they've got a lot of good midfielders, but he's definitely one of their you know, best top five midfielders. Has Angus a brothers, Brayshaw. Angus Brayshaw. Now, why is he the funniest teammate? And this is not so much something that – it's not really – he's sort of – he's twisted the answer a little bit. So it's not, it's not so much that Angus is funny – why does Max think he's funny? Because he's funny looking, because he's got a shit rig. Um. Classic. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. How can you not laugh when you look at him? He's funny to look at. Uh, which teammate always picks themselves an AFL fantasy? I've never heard of this player. His uh, last name is Vandenberg. Can you give me his first name? Uh, Richie Vandenberg. No, he no. got the <laughs> Aaron Vandenberg, because he's always so cheap. So now he's just like okay, dishing out yeah. zingers. So Jordan Norris has caught one. Brayshaw's caught one. Now poor old Vandenberg. Richo. Okay. Matthew Richardson. The Keanu no, Reeves. He went all Mel <laughs> Malcolm Knox and fucking went after Richo as well. <laughs> if you could enter a teammate into My Kitchen Rules, who would it be and why? Oh. Uh, I believe he's still... At the demons? I can't work out. There's an Essendon connection. He either went to Essendon or he came from Essendon, this guy. Is that right? I've got to check that out. Oh, man. Initials are MH. Um, Michael Hurley. No, he's still at Essendon. Mitch uh, Hannon. No, right he's at the Bulldogs. Right. Um, <laughs> Mark Howard. No, he's calling the game for Fox Footy. Um, uh, is Michael Hibbard. Uh, Michael, Michael Hibbard, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, did, no, did he play for Essendon? No, he's only ever played for the Dean. Oh no, he did play for Essendon. Yeah. He came from the Bombers. Oh, what? Uh, oh, what I is Michael Hibbard's right. nickname? I believe I think I, I think I know what they call him. Uh, Michael Hibbard. Does it say what his nickname is? No, yeah. no, I know what his middle name is. <laughs> what is his middle name? What do they call him? Uh, Pig. George. Pig, I believe. He, he, I believe <laughs> his nickname's Pig, which. Where does, how does that? How do you get to that? Michael Hibbard, Hibbard, Hibbard. Oh, because it sounds a bit like Yibbida, 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 Yibbida. That's all, folks. Yeah. Porky pig, pig. Oh, that's. <laughs> well, yeah, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> um, okay, he would be good at my kitchen rules because he loves his food. Oh fuck, there yeah. you go, pig. <laughs> He's had another cracker. <laughs> pig. Always got his snout in the trough, old Hibbard. <laughs> Um, what team did you barrack for as a kid? Now, he gives a – it's a different code. It's a team in a different code. Not one of the obvious ones, but probably one of the most famous teams in the world. Uh, not, uh, an Ameri not, not American. Not American. No. I'll make it easy. Manchester not American, United? Not, not English. Oh. The All Blacks. All Blacks. Um, another this is a joke answer because I, I looked ahead to check what he's talking about. His his most inspiring movie. Uh, I'll tell you who it stars: uh, Mary Kate Nashley Olsen. Oh, 
I would not know the name of this movie because I don't think it's called gonna... New York Minute and it came out in 2004. Okay. And I think Max is having a bit of a lend. Um, another joke answer. He can't stop. He's fucking, he's just, he's just pulled out the gag gun. Best concert attended. The Wiggles. McKinnon High School Senior Stage Band. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> good stuff. Good luck. That's good stuff. I mean, I've got to admit, like, if this was, like, who's that dickhead that was trying to be funny and we hated him? Uh, I- I'm enjoying this. I like this. Yeah. Three apps you can't live without. Um, one's Spotify. to do with travel. One's to do with, s- nope. One's to do with travel. One's to do with sp- a specific sporting event. And the last one is a banking app. Mm, okay. The um, Commonwealth Bank travel app? Travel would be... No, Westpac. Oh, what okay. about his travel app? Uh, what is the travel app? Flight Center? Close. Flight Radar. Uh, what okay. sporting event? Tracker. So it's, a, it's a, an app that's a tracker. So it's a sporting event that requires tracking. Distances covered. Tour de France. Tour de France. Okay. Ding. Uh, are you an Instagram or a Twitter guy? Insta. No, he's Twitter. Why does he like Twitter? Um, trolls people. He's a massive troll. <laughs> Sends a lot of really racist and sexist stuff. To just prominent female journalists and just real, just real nasty stuff. Just gone zero zero four two six five one. Keeping up to date with news and current affairs. No, he less socialites. Doesn't like the bloody influence. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. I get it. Uh, his favorite cafe is Olive at Locke. You wouldn't have guessed that. What's, what do you like to order for breakfast? This is kind of more like a bit of a tradie special. It's a bit of a country town kind of bakery dish for breakfast. What do you get from a bakery for breakfast in a country town? I'm sure you, I'm sure you would have eaten plenty of these. <laughs> from the photos I've seen, I reckon you might have... Sustained yourself on these. Firstly, no body shaming. Anyway, my nickname was Pig. <laughs> the original Pig. Move over Michael Hibbard. Uh, OGP. What I actually would have had was sausage rolls, but um, what <laughs> I think he's referring to is the egg and bacon rolls. Oh, close. Egg and bacon pie. Egg oh, and bacon pie. Combo. Um, he's got, what is his hidden talent? It's a playground game. Oh. Where you hop on a foot, hopscotch. On one foot. Really, hopscotch. I hopscotch. was going to say uh, monkey bars. He'd be pretty good on the monkey bars, I imagine, in the playground. <laughs> Just nail those. Um, okay, another zinger coming up here for one of his teammates, Jay Kennedy Harris. What is Max Gorn's passions and interests outside of footy? Um, and it has to do with Jay Kennedy Harris. Uh, oh. Um, Getting on the pingers with Jay Kennedy Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Jay Kennedy Harris's stories. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. What is your life motto? And he attributes this to Lyndon Dunn. Um, get it it's done. another seafaring saying. Another seafaring saying. Uh, okay. Um, seafaring uh, saying. Red sky in the morning, sailor's warning. <laughs> <laughs> red sky at night, sailor's delight. Um, A... S- a sailor went to CCC to see what he could CCC, but all that he could CCC was the bottom of the deep blue CCC. A smooth sea never made for a skillful sailor. And he's attributed it to Lyndon Dunn, which I don't think Lyndon Dunn has ever said. <laughs> um, okay. What are your best traits? Um, okay. So one is obvious. It's a, I'm, I'm tall. The second, yes. <laughs> and the second one is to do with a, an advantage he has in a specific sport. Um, I can block really and it well. Also at, relates to I can block tall. well at basketball. I can dunk. No, he can. He's, he's a serve volleyer, which is that, oh, that yeah. he would be hard to get a, a, a serve past. Okay. Um, does he have any pets? Hmm. Yes. What? What does he have? He has. One dog. He does. What breed? Oh, God. Um, 
Does a big man have a dog? Does a big man have a big dog, or does a big dog have a, a big man have a little dog? What was the clue? It's a it's a mid, it's a medium dog. It's a medium. It's a uh, it's a working dog. Uh, blue healer. No, a border collie. Uh. Who is your favorite cartoon or movie character? And he names a Sandra Bullock character. Sandra, Miss Congeniality. Um, Miss Congeniality. Are you serious? Gracie Lou Freebush. <laughs> oh, man. Now I've got to lock in on how to get Max Gorn's joke answers. They're just the joke answer I would have gone with. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite holiday spot? And this sounds like a legitimate one. Relates to his favorite sporting team. Uh, so Christchurch, New Zealand. Greymouth, New Zealand. The best piece of advice your mum gave you. And this is actually like a, a fairly practical bit of advice for a, a young man who's maybe moved out of house for the home for the first time, is doing a lot of, you know, uh, his own kind of cooking and cleaning and laundry and stuff. What might a mum say separate with laundry? Separate your whites and colours. Your clothes will shrink in the dryer. Oh, even better. That both good practical pieces of advice. Is it, what what is the difference between like that's ninety percent joke answers and we were entertained and we were charmed? Why did that work? And then bloody you know Braden Proust or whoever it was, we just hated. We it was unbearable to get through when they were trying to be funny. Is it just the quality of the answers? Is it more the personality of the player? What is it? I mean, I think it, comedy is not as quite as easy as some people make it look. And I think that Max Gorn has nailed it. Super charming, pretty funny, serious answers when they required serious answers. Bit of fun for everybody. Good. You know what I think this was? This was a good all-round balanced player profile. There would be plenty to satisfy what anyone is looking for for a player profile. There's a bit of fun. There's some mocking of his teammates, but there was like some good serious stuff. Not everything was a joke. Good balance. Leadership material. That's what I would say if I read that pocket profile. If I was on the Melbourne board and we were looking to appoint a captain, suddenly a pocket profile landed on my desk. Hang on. I've got an idea. What about the big fella? I mean, he's tall. He's got that for a start. Uh, now, I know we have to uh, keep this kind of tight, this episode. Yes. So let's, uh, before we get before we get to our, our questions and comments, let's just plug our website, tofop.com. Uh, which is where we uh, host a bunch of other great podcasts. Uh, Will does one called Willosophy. Who's on this week? Uh, oh, Karen O'Leary is a name that people might not recognize unless you watch the show Wellington Paranormal, which is a spinoff of the What We Do in the Shadows universe. She is super funny. We talk about cricket a lot. She loves cricket and she's just really super, one of my favorite episodes of the year. So check out Karen O'Leary on Willosophy. Justin Hamilton is back on Fofop for another Hamofop and we do a deep dive on Bo Burnham's special inside on Netflix, which I highly recommend to people to check that out. It's fucking amazing. And speaking of shows, I am uh, I am in uh, Wagga Wagga this weekend doing my legal show about being arrested on the way to Wagga Wagga. I'm also doing it on the Gold Coast in a place called Corumban. Uh, that is close to selling out. So if you want to come along to that, I put on two uh, improv shows, my What You're Talking About Will show, one July 3rd at the Enmore in Sydney, that is half sold out already. And uh, I put on one in Brisbane and it sold out in pre-sale at the Powerhouse. So we have added a second show that night, but that is definitely it. So if you want to come and see me in Brisbane, do my improv show, July 3rd, there is a second show now on sale. Awesome. And if you want to get discount tickets to see Will's yes. improv show, you can join up to become a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash TOFOP. There's a heap of great bonus content there, maybe to do with our, mainly to do with our other podcast, uh, TOFOP. Um, but uh, thank you for all the people who have actually uh, joined in the last couple of weeks. I sort of monitor that. I've seen there's been quite a few football-related uh, subscribers joining, so thank you very much. Last week's episode of Two Guys, One Cup was almost the most popular show we had on the entire network, which is just baffling considering how much nonsense we speak. I don't know week. why you've come here, but if you are new here, welcome. Um, thanks, for, thanks for listening. It's really fun to have, you know, so many people tuning into whatever the fuck this is. Okay, let's get to some comments and questions. Uh, Tim wants to know, would it be possible to have an AFL magic round where all nine games are played at a single venue or city? Being an AFL fan in Sydney, it's been great the last few weeks with plenty of quality games. Well, I don't mind that idea. Like, just pick a, a, a town, just play all the games in that town, in a state. Yeah. I mean, well, we kind of almost have had to do it COVID-wise. I think the idea that we could lean into it, make it a festival of footy, you know, 
I think it's good. I, I mean, I'm particularly for if we go back to, you know, what it looked like before COVID eventually. Like Brisbane at the moment, there's real excitement around AFL football in Brisbane. Like like last year did wonders mm. for the game. Obviously their team, you know, is pretty good and that helps. But like Queensland is a healthy place for football. And I think, you know, obviously we're never going to probably, hopefully never going to have the circumstances we had last year again. But the idea that we could have a weekend where all of the games were played, you know, in Queensland, or if we had like a weekend where all of the games were played in Western Australia, that like Dreamtime game showed, I think people would come out. I think people would really dig it. Yeah, I think it's for the AFL, the challenge is you want to kind of expand the game into territories that, you know, need it. But also you've got to reward states like WA and South Australia and Tassie and the ones who are, you know, that's the game has built been built off the back of. Um, okay, Chris says, in the spirit of stepping down, should Robbo stand down as well after that performance? Yes. No, never. I mean, never no, step down. We Robo. would never. No, it don't ever change. I mean, as I am reading that uh, comment out, I see that a trending topic in Australia at the moment is just slobbo. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to miss out on any slobbo action in the future. Uh, Josh wants to know how many footballers are conservatives. Frequently, see Bob Murphy framed as some anomaly who is left leaning and likes rock and roll. I don't think that he's an anomaly against a mainly conservative. Uh, a group of footballers. I think he's an anomaly in the sense that his interests are very specific and very unconventional. I would suggest that they are by their very nature conservative though, because conservative, really? like, I mean, the main thing that they probably wouldn't even realize they're conservative, right? They get straight into a privileged system, right? And the thing that like, is appealing about conservatism is if you're on the right side of that, right? If like, if entrenched mm. privilege actually helps you and benefits you, there's some kind of, you're like, well, this has been good for me sending my kids to private school and getting them into the right place. And the AFL is a version of that. Even at the lowest yeah. level, you're suddenly richer than most of the people in the country. Like as soon as you get to 50 games, you are in the top 1% of money earners in the entire country, Right and you're 20 years old or you're 21 years old, like that's the bottom level. Like if you're earning $250,000 a year, which is like, you know, AFL average, you know, or whatever it is, right? That that puts you in the top 1% of money earners in the entire country and you're a kid. So of course you're going to like all those things that are around football, like businesses, like, you know, people they are buying investment properties, you know, the thing that stops people from voting against like, you know, negative gearing and stuff is all these people who have investment properties, right? Once you're in the system and, you know, and of course then there's Gerald Healy whispering in your ear about Dictator Dan and then suddenly <laughs> Bob Murphy's a weirdo. Oh, great. Someone's actually posted the audio of Robbo. Do you want to hear it? It only goes for 45 seconds. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah. I'm apprehensive now. The transcript did not do it justice. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> Mark, um, uh, Mark Robinson uh, uh, here. That was one of my, like, just, <laughs> and then no. And you know what I love the most about it is just how that audio sounded. I didn't imagine it was going to sound that absolutely that terrible. When You know when they did that promo, like Robocop? That's what Robo, Robocop yeah. would have actually sounded like. <laughs> Just a malfunctioning <laughs> robot. A uh, friend of the show, Alex Williams, wants to know, are Collingwood now fa facing an MC Escher painting uh, of walls? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, this could be the circuit breaker they needed. Now we can reset the wall with with Rob Harvey. Well, I mean, it's a good thing for Rob Harvey. We should give that a shout out, by the way. Congratulations to him. Yeah. I think that's going to be you know, cool to see him coach at the AFL level and he's going to have half a season to 
coach a team. It'll be, I reckon that's a fun thing for football to see Rob Harvey, you know, doing that job for the rest of the season. Alario wants to know, uh, it's me, Alario. Should uh, Port Adelaide hire Buckley and make him coach of Port Adelaide, the Port Adelaide Magpie so Buckley can feel what it's like to win a premiership mm. as the head of a coach of a black and white jumper? Mm. Oh, I'd love that to just be a little fuck you to Eddie. I mean, I know that Bucks and Eddie probably have a great relationship, but wouldn't it be amazing if Bucks agrees for less money to go coach uh, Port Adelaide in the Sandfall so finally like, he can have a, 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 a Pies win, a Pies grand final well, win? No, but no, why doesn't he go and like, be an assistant to Kenny Hinckley? They do a transition like you know, next year and then they win the grand final wearing the prison bar jumpers. That's the ultimate <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um... Does Bucks now have enough time to focus on his true passion, creating top five lists? Mm. Yeah. It's going to be a great I mean, time for I top Bucks, five lists. Yeah. And the last one is, uh, I heard the French president was slapped by a random person today. I was wondering what Marc Lacroix would have done if he was there. Oh, look, we don't have time to call Marc Lacroix, but let's just say he'd probably make some joke about, uh, you know, Albert Camus and existentialism and there'd be some kind of racist stereotyping about onions and yeah. French baguettes, that kind of thing. I was going to say, he'd hit him with a baguette. There'd be a baguette involved. Uh, um, okay, that's it. Well, two guys, one, one, one more thing, just want... because of oh. like the week that we've had, yep. and I know that we have to go, it's me that has to go, but um, Adam Goods, uh, you know, obviously decided that he would not accept his nomination to the Hall of Fame. And I just think it's worth mentioning that, as usual, football has done an incredible disservice to Adam Goods, and I just hope that at some stage in the future that they manage to actually reconcile what happened to Adam on their fucking watch in a way that invites him back to the game where he feels comfortable and welcome to be involved in AFL and to be celebrated by the AFL community, and I think it is a dark stain on a game that I absolutely fucking love that this is still something that remains unresolved and I just support Adam in whatever the fuck he wants to do it is absolutely his decision but it is sad for the game of football that we are still here well he's made the right decision not to accept it because look at what happens even yeah. when he doesn't put himself in front of a camera or in the media people still have an opinion yeah. he's still getting harassed he's still getting slandered so you know I was thinking about this I could only imagine he would come back to the game when we're at a point where we're so far past the do better report and we're so far past, you know, Eddie Betts being harassed online. Like he has no motivation to come back at the moment. And yeah, I agree with you. Like it's an absolute travesty that a dual Brownlow medalist, you know, indigenous game records holder, uh, absolute pillar of the community um, does not feel uh, like he wants to be involved in football anymore, but it's completely understandable. So, yeah, it's it's, it's really sad. But like you, I hope that at some point, um, you know, Adam can feel comfortable with accepting his spot because he, if any player deserves to be in there, it, it's Adam Goods. There was only one Adam Goods. Uh, yes. I, yeah, I'm glad that we just got an opportunity to say that because yeah, fucking hell. Seriously, guys, let's just fucking sort our shit out and, you know, um, fix it all up yeah. and the, well, yeah, the game want, will be greater let, having Adam back. Let's extend the invitation, not as a way of, you know, some good PR, but as a chance to say, look, we have made great strides and now is the right time, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, it sucks. Uh, if you want to reach us two guys, one cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget our tips will be out tomorrow afternoon at 5 PM on Instagram live. But for now, play on not 15. Bowl. We are.